Today, uh, it's impressive how the Holy Spirit works every time, not only today, but today I'm particularly impressed because I didn't talk anything to Marie about what I was going to, to preach this morning. And uh, I don't know if she saw the, the sermon title and the passage, but the truth is that the health nugget she presented has a lot to do with what we are going to talk here this morning about maybe being overstressed and stressing over things that do not really deserve all the stress that we put on or that we go through when we are dealing with certain situations. And the fact that we, uh, we sometimes strive between being perfect and being vulnerable. And uh, we can see a way sometimes where those two things maybe can happen in the same person. You could be both perfect and vulnerable at the same time. So I'm hoping that through the example of Jesus Christ, we may find encouragement, we may find lessons that will help us in our journey. So before we start, let's pray and ask for God's direction once again. Father, we are so thankful that we are here this morning and that you have allowed us to be in your presence and in the company of our brothers and sisters who are like us uh, looking forward, Lord, to having an encounter with you. And Lord, whatever we may have been through this week, I truly hope that at this moment, uh, when we think of the sun shining outside, the sun of righteousness may also shine in our hearts. That we may, Lord, be encouraged and strengthened. And that we may leave aside anything that might be worrying us. That we may, Lord, focus on the message that will come from Scripture. That will build up our faith upon this. And Lord, as we leave later here this morning, our hearts will be comforted. And our spirit will, strength, will be strengthened in the faith of Jesus. I ask, Lord, that you may use me as your instrument. That every word that I say, Lord, may find a, a special place in our hearts as it carries out the word of God. And I ask for every worshiper here this morning, may we be uh, open and attentive and be willing, Lord, to listen from your throne of grace. Use me solely as your instrument, anoint my lips, and hide me behind the cross of Christ. May the name of Jesus be glorified. I ask you in his name. Amen. Amen. I read a story the other day, and uh, I have my suspicions whether or not this story is true, but I think it serves the purpose for an illustration. So there was this, this big zoo in a, in a certain city, and it was well known for the, the enormous variety of animals that it held. And uh, in that particular zoo, the gorilla exhibit was right next to the lion's exhibit. And one day, the gorilla they had there, they had only one, uh, the gorilla died. But the zoo didn't know what to do. The zoo uh, administrators didn't know exactly what to do, and they didn't, they didn't want to simply say that we have no gorillas anymore. So they, they prepared a gorilla suit, and they hired someone who would, you know, act as if that person was a real gorilla. So the person put the suit on and went to his first day of work. And it was his first day, he was trying to impersonate the gorilla, making noises and jumping and this and that, but he got too close to the wall that separated his exhibit from the lion's exhibit. And he ended up tripping and falling on the other side. Now he sees the lion approaching, 
and he starts to shake and tremble. And he forgot all about impersonating a gorilla and he starts crying out, help, help, someone help me. Well, he sees the lion coming, but now the lion is running at him. And he's crying out all the more, help, help, help. When the lion approaches and gets really close to him, the lion says, you better be quiet or else both of us are going to get fired. <laughs> I told you I'm not sure this is a real story. But I think it, it teaches something that we've got to be real. We've got to be really who we are. And we got to be transparent. We got to be authentic. That doesn't mean that we are going to go around hurting people, but we need to be ourselves. We cannot come to church. We cannot relate to people, both in church and outside of the church, pretending to be something else, pretending to be something we are not. Because at some point, at some point, when push comes to shove, we're going to cry out, cry out help because we're not really the person we are pretending to be. We see each other here in church every Sabbath, uh, those who are able to come for prayer meeting and Bible study on Wednesday, and usually run into people and we say, good morning, happy Sabbath, how are things? And 99% of the cases, the immediate response is, everything is well, I'm doing fine. When uh, not always you are really doing well. When deep down, not always you are really doing fine. There may be something that is robbing you of your peace. There may be something in your family. There may be something that you did this week or you have been doing that you blame yourself for. Or there may be some ailment that is giving you pain and you're trying to navigate through that. And when people come up to you and say, how are you doing? Our immediate response is to say, I'm doing great. Happy Sabbath. But uh, we need to learn the lesson from the zoo that we need to be real. We need to be ourselves. And so sometimes we see it as a weakness. When we come to church and people ask us, how are you doing? And you think that, well, if I really say that I'm in pain, if I really say that I'm aching, if, I'm really, if I really say that I'm emotionally shaken, if I really say that I am mentally disturbed this week, uh, what are people going to think about me? How are they going to judge me? How are they going to look at me and think, well, that's a weak person maybe. And so we prefer to hide that and to say that everything is well. We, we come to church and we, we put on a, a, a pose that, you know, we are strong and everything is going well. But people, when, like I said, when difficult things come and when you look around and you see that your way of acting, your way of behaving or the impression you are trying to give to other people are not really helping you solve any of your issues. When you come to a situation, when you look around and you see that nothing else is going to help, you cry out for help. You recognize that you need to be real and vulnerable. And most people will, will keep on pretending for a long time until they come to a situation where they recognize that there is no way out.
And at that point, at that point, they will cry out. And so, is that okay? Is that how it's supposed to be? Because we read in the Bible, we read the stories of those heroes of faith and how they have overcome sin, how they have overcome difficulties that come into their lives. And we look at that and we see, I must be like one of those. I must be like one of those. But when people realize that their mental, their emotional and physical integrity is at risk, for the most part, then... And maybe only then, they will be real. They will be authentic. They will become vulnerable. And so, the need to look like something that we are not. The idea that we need to be strong all the time. The idea that you must show others that everything is always well. That seems of little importance when crises happen. It seems of little importance compared to the urgent need to get one's life together and get your problem solved. Now, I understand that we have enough reasons in the Bible, we have enough promises, we have enough experiences in our own lives that the Lord is real, that the Lord is faithful. That the Lord is real, that the Lord is faithful, according to what we see in Scripture. scripture, And I'm sure according to what we have gone through, we can see that the Lord is willing to help us and is willing to, to guide us. And so, we have reason enough to be always joyful. We have reason enough to be always confident. But I also admit that life takes us, you know, through hills and we go up and we climb those hills but sometimes there will be valleys after that and in our lives we even though we have enough reason to be joyful and confident in God's provision all the time I also want to tell you today and we'll see this in scripture that there is nothing wrong there is nothing wrong with being vulnerable when you need to now what is vulnerability and I looked at the dictionary The dictionary says that vulnerability is the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. And so it is the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. So being vulnerable is not necessarily going through something that will hurt you emotionally or physically. But being vulnerable is allowing yourself to be placed in a situation where that could happen. Now, does it sound to you, and this is a real question, does it sound to you as if Jesus made himself vulnerable when he was here on earth? Some are not really sure, but I, I, I'm glad for Marvin's sound and loud yes. Because Jesus made himself vulnerable. Jesus allowed himself to be placed in a position where emotional and physical harm was a real possibility. 
And I want you to come with me again to our scripture reading today. We're going to read it through shortly. But now I want you to go to verse 8. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. Philippians 2, 8. The Bible says that Jesus, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Even the death of the cross. And so when Jesus accepted, Jesus agreed to come and be born as a baby and grow as a young man and become an adult and go out in his ministry and eventually go all the way to the cross. He was being vulnerable. He knew that this was needed for the salvation of human race. And he knew that he was exposing himself to the possibility of being harmed, of being hurt, and the real possibility was even a need for us, the possibility and necessity for human beings that he would eventually be killed, died on the cross, be dead, died on the cross. Now I want to say this, if you are uh, somehow a user of social media, if you, if you have Instagram or if you have a Facebook or if you go online, if you read blogs online, even if you don't have Facebook or, or uh, Instagram or whatever other social media, there, are certain, there is a certain type of vulnerability that takes place on social media. And I'm not here to judge anyone. But it makes you think what is really happening. Because it seems to me that this is, is, this is a new type of vulnerability. And this is what I mean. Sometimes... <clears throat> Someone will post about a new resolution they have made. Well, I've taken this, resol this resolution, whatever it means, if it's related to a healthy eating, or if it's related to a change of habits, or this or that, and people will post that and say, I've made this decision because I realize that my life is, my life is bad, my life is not going well because of this and this, and they open up. And they publicly tell about the things that are not well in their lives and how they're being, they're suffering for that. And they have made this decision that things are going to be different in their lives. And usually those posts are accompanied by a picture that is well edited and the person is, is trying to look good in the picture. And so, like I said, I'm not here to judge anyone. I'm not here to judge anyone's decision much on the contrary, I do hope that people make decisions in their lives for the better always. But I wonder if that is made to kind of validate their decisions. While I'm posting this publicly, so my decision and my vulnerability will be validated before others. Well, throughout history, we have always come to other people and we have opened up our hearts to friends and said, this is not going well in my life, and would you please help me? And people share experiences and pray for one another, and that is all great. But when vulnerability is seen as a currency to validate your suffering, or to validate yourself, or to validate the authenticity of your vulnerability, then I think there is a problem. Because... Vulnerability is not weakness in itself, but it's not strength either. Vulnerability is not necessarily self-depreciating yourself, but it's not validation either. 
Vulnerability is not the cure in and of itself for your problems. It may lead to healing. It may lead to cure. But it comes from Christ. The healing will come from Christ. Vulnerability in itself is not necessarily good or bad. It can create opportunities for sympathy, connection, and encouragement, and strengthening. But vulnerability is none of those things. I want you to understand that. that Being vulnerable may allow you to get to receive strength and encouragement from someone else. But vulnerability is not strength. It's not courage. It's none of those things. It is simply a platform that allows you to get help from someone else. And it allows you to help someone else as well. And so, when we think of Jesus, Jesus allowed himself to be placed in a position where he was vulnerable, but he did it for the benefit of others. That's a key thing that I want you to think about today. I remember a few years ago, I was at at an It Is Written Canada event when I was working, serving at It Is Written, And someone came up to us after the program was finished. And someone who was struggling was going through some difficulties. And somehow the life story of that person uh, related to the life story of one of of the persons in our team. And that person started to talk to that individual uh, more clearly. And at some point the person on the It Is Written team said this. I'm going to be really vulnerable now. And I'm going to share with you something from my life in the past that I think resonates with what you're saying. And so this person on the It Is Written team was sharing something that was really private and was being vulnerable at that point because the person was exposing himself to risk. But the end goal was to help the other person. And this is essential because this is how Jesus saw it. This is how Jesus made himself vulnerable. Because he wanted to bless. He wanted to help others around him. And so that begs the question. What about us on a day-to-day basis? Is it possible then to be perfect and to be vulnerable? Well, if you look at the example of Jesus, yes. It is absolutely possible to be perfect And to be vulnerable. Jesus said. Be perfect. As your heavenly father is. Perfect. In Matthew 4. 5.48. So Jesus is saying. Be perfect. As your father in heaven is perfect. But when we go all throughout the Bible. We also find other words of encouragement. For those who are. Maybe in a valley. In their lives. Just in the Psalms alone. And I'm not going to to ask you to to go to each one of these passages. But I'm going to mention some of those. Just in the Psalms, for example. We find the genuine cry of a soul that is suffering. Psalm 130 verse 1 says. From the depths of despair, O Lord, I call for your help. And so if you find yourself in the depths of despair, you're not the only one. There have been people who have been there. Some of those were God's prophets who wrote in the Bible to give us encouragement. 
Psalm 77 3 says, I think, O God, I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for His help. Psalm 74 verse 1 says, O God, why have you rejected us so long? Psalm 69 says, Rescue me from the mud. Don't let me sink any deeper. Any deeper. Psalm 69 verses 2 to 4 say, I am exhausted from crying for help. My throat is parched. My eyes are swollen with weeping, waiting for my God to help me. Those who hate me without cause outnumber the hairs of my head. You may have found yourself in a situation like that. Know that the Lord has allowed this scripture to be part of the Bible to give you encouragement today. Psalm 61 verse 2 says, From the ends of the earth I cry to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. And so your situation is not unique. Someone has suffered like that as well. Your suffering, your, your, your circumstances may be unique, but the suffering is something that human beings have in common. Psalm 54, 55 verse 4 my heart pounds in my chest. The terror of death assaults me. Fear and trembling overwhelm me. And I can't stop shaking. Maybe you've never seen these passages. You wonder, are those actually in scripture? Yes, they are. They are coming from the mouth of God's prophets. Psalm 42 verses 1 and 2. As the deer pants for streams of water so i long for you O god i thirst for god the living god psalm 42 4 my heart is breaking as i remember how it used to be psalm 44 42 5 why am i so discouraged why is my heart so sad and Psalm 38.10, my heart beats, wild, beats wildly, my strength fails, and I'm going blind. And so, it is perfectly, pos absolutely possible to be perfect and to be vulnerable. Because vulnerability is not sinful. It's just allowing yourself to be in a situation where good or bad might come, but you're doing that for the benefit of others around you. So let's look again at how the Apostle Paul describes to the Philippians the experience of Jesus Christ having come into this earth and becoming man, becoming like one of us and giving his life on the cross. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 2 and verses 1 through to 11. Philippians 2 verses 1 through to 11. And so the Bible says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than, themselves, than himself. 
Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And I'm going to pause here. Because all that Paul is saying is what we have said so far. And he's speaking with prophetic authority that we should look at others and esteem them better than ourselves. And we should be concerned not so much with us, but we should be concerned with the, the good and benefit of others. And we should be doing everything that we do, even when we have to be vulnerable. We have to keep in mind that this would be, should be for the benefit and the blessing of others. And in the interest, the best interest of others. Now going forward, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Let me pause here again. And so he is calling us to have the mind, to have the mindset that Christ Jesus had. And what was the mindset of Jesus? What was the mind of Jesus Christ? And verse 6 says that he, being in the form of, of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. And so Paul uses here the word being in the form of God. And I want you to think about that word for a second with me. The word in the Greek is the word morph, morph. That come where we have the word morph, or we had morphology in English, which has to do with the the form, the mold, the shape of something. So someone might look at this text and say, so Paul is then saying that Jesus is not really God, that he had the form of God. Well, the word form in this sense, the word morph, actually has to do with the very essence of something. And so when Paul says that Jesus had the form of God, he's saying that Jesus was in essence and in, a, in nature God himself. So Jesus was God, and if he was God, he still is God, and he will be God forever, because God is everlasting. Are we all on the same page? Are you with me on that? Okay, because Jesus is God. He has been, He is, and He will always be God, as the Father is, and as the Holy Spirit is. And so Paul is saying, Jesus had the very nature and the very essence of God. And then he goes on to say in verse 6, uh, in verse 7, But He made Himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. So some versions, instead of saying he made himself of no reputation, some versions will say he emptied himself. He emptied himself. And so even though Jesus was God and he is God, he did not consider it robbery. He didn't consider it any privilege to be equal with God, 
but he emptied himself. He made himself of no reputation. Can you imagine God becoming man in the flesh? He made himself of no reputation. He humbled himself. He emptied himself. If you have ever taken uh, a flight in recent years, particularly after 2001, if you have taken flights and you have flown somewhere, you know that the security measures at airport have been heightened very much. And you go through the x-ray machine there, uh, or the, the metal detector machine, and you go through that, and if there is any piece of metal that you are carrying, it will beep. And sometimes you beforehand, you already take off your, your belt, you take off your shoes if there is any metal, and you go happily through that, and the machine will still beep. And you're embarrassed, and you have to come back. You have to see if there is anything else that you forgot to take off. And you go through that. Now, recent, more recently, they came up with this full body scan machine. And people are not comfortable doing that because, you know, I think they could see even maybe your lungs or something like that. It's a full body scan. And if you're not willing to go through that, if you're asked to do that, but you're not willing to do that, then they will pat you down all over. And people are not comfortable with that either because they feel invaded. And you, you, you empty yourself of everything you think is, is metallic, but sometimes you still be asked to go through a more thorough inspection. And so Jesus was willing to empty himself. He was willing to leave behind all the glory he had and be born as a babe. He was willing to live as a simple man, coming from a simple, humble family, and go all the way to the death on the cross. But here in verse 7, there is something more that Paul says. He says that he emptied himself, he made himself of no reputation, and he took the form of a bondservant. And the word form here is the same word that came in verse 6, when he said that Jesus had the form of God. So in other words, Jesus was in nature and in essence God, and he became in nature and in essence a bond servant. Now the word bond servant is a word that was very popular in those times because of slavery when Paul was writing this. And so people who heard this, people who read this, was well were well acquainted with what Paul was talking about was talking about someone who is willing to serve others, who is willing to serve for life, who is willing to lay down their life and do everything for the benefit of others. So Paul is saying, Jesus was God and Jesus became a bond servant. And so we believe, according to scripture, that Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. He was not half God and half man, but he was rather fully God and fully man. But there is something else that Paul would say at the end of verse 7. He says that he took the form of a bondservant and came in the likeness of men. And then in verse 8 he says that being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So I'm taking time... Uh, Breaking this down, because I think there is an important distinction here that I'm sure sh will help you as you journey through this life of difficulties. Paul is saying that Jesus was essentially God. 
he became essentially a bond servant, which is something that humans do. And so Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. But he goes on to say that he came in the likeness of man. He came in the appearance of man. And that's a different word from the form of God than the form of a bond servant. The word likeness and the word appearance is in the Greek the word schemati, from which we get the English word scheme, right? Or maybe even from that sketch. But when you talk about a scheme, you're talking about grand lines, we're talking about a sketch, we're talking about a drawing, but you're not talking about the essence of what a person is. And so in Jesus Christ, there was a distinction that Jesus was and is God, he is man, but he also had the likeness of man, which means that there was an essential difference between Jesus and us. And that essential difference is that Jesus never sinned like we do. Jesus was sinless throughout all his life. And so because Jesus being perfectly sinless, Jesus being God, and Jesus being man, and Jesus making himself of no reputation, Jesus putting himself in a position of vulnerability, exposing himself to the dangers of this world. As the book of Hebrews says in Hebrews 4.15, he says that the high priest that we have can sympathize with our weaknesses because he was in no points tempted as we are yet without sin. And so when you're going through difficulties, when you feel like you have to be vulnerable because you can no longer stand a situation. Remember that Jesus walked through this earth. That Jesus trod this path, this guilty saw that we and you and I go through. But he didn't sin. And because of his perfection, you can have the assurance that no matter what you go through, Jesus will be able to help you. Jesus will be able to carry you through. He will be able to take you through whatever situation it is. And He'll help you because of His perfection. Because of His righteousness. Because of His power. And because He was willing to die on the cross. He has the keys for your happiness. He has the solutions for any and every problem you may go through. A few years ago, probably uh, six years ago in 2013, the, you know, I may, may, some of you may use the soap bar, Dove soap bar. And Dove, I mean, they have other products as well, but they had a, a campaign where they brought in a forensic artist. Now, forensic artists, as you know, are people who can draw sketches of people based on information they receive. And so they brought this artist in, and he was going to, to draw sketches of women. Now, he was not supposed to look at the women. The women were going to come, and they would be separated by a, a curtain. And the women would give descriptions of themselves to that artist. And he would then draw them based on the information the women were given about themselves. And so he did. Now, the second phase of this project was that they were going to bring people who were strangers to those women. 
So people who would talk to those women, they would have never seen those women before. And those people would ask them questions or would talk to them and look at their physical characteristics. And so these people would then go and behind the curtain give the artist information about the women, the same women that he had interviewed before. And it's interesting, the results, because the second set of drawings, in the second set of drawings, the women would be much more beautiful, much prettier than in the first set where they described themselves. When people were describing them, they would say, well, she has beautiful, beautiful blue eyes. Well, she has a chin that is so perfectly designed. Well, he has, she has cheeks that are so beautiful and this and that. And the artist would then draw the faces of those women and they would be much more beautiful. And so sometimes, sometimes we, we catch ourselves, you know, in a situation where we look only at us and we forget the perspective that Jesus has about you. We forget the, the, the idea and the concept and the real vision that Jesus has in regard to you. Because you were perfectly made, Jesus loves you and Jesus created you and he died for you. So you have an inestimable value in Jesus' eyes. And we need to keep that in mind. And so, do I have to become vulnerable? Do I have to be perfect? It is okay to be vulnerable. And in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ, you can be perfect. And so it is possible to be both, because Jesus was both perfect and vulnerable. This is what the Lord has in Scripture. This is how the Lord is presented in Scripture. This is how Paul has presented Jesus as being a source of perfection, and as being the one who was willing to give his life for you. And in the last three verses of this passage, Philippians 2, verses 9 through 11, the Bible says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so, my friends, everything that Jesus did, he had, in everything that Jesus did, he had you and I in mind. In everything that Jesus did, he had every single human being in mind. And he was willing to make himself vulnerable to provide a benefit for others. And so, it is okay to be vulnerable. You don't have to pretend everything is always well every Sabbath. You don't have to pretend things are going well when they are not. And you can open up. And you can do that because by doing that, someone might be able, able to help you. And you might be able to help someone else with your testimony of faith, that even though you may be going through difficulties, God is still with you and God is sustaining you. Somehow, somehow, I know we are in Canada, but somehow in North America, in the history of North America, uh, people have developed this, this 
behavior where you have to pretend that everything is always well. But those of you who have been to the Statue of, of Liberty, those of you who have read about it know that there is a plaque there with a poem, a sonnet written by Emma Lazarus. And in that poem, right at the end it says, as if North Americans were speaking to Europe, to the nations in Europe, they say, keep ancient lands your storied pomp, cries she with silent lips. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. And so people who were fleeing persecution, people who were fleeing religious persecution, came to this continent looking for a breath of air, looking to be able to breathe free. But somehow over the centuries, over the years, this feeling has been developed that we need to pretend that everything is well when in the first place we come here to church. Many people came to this continent and we come now to church because we are in need. We come to church because we need healing. We come to Jesus because we need restoration. We come to church because we need encouragement. We come to Jesus and to the word of God because we need hope. And so, my brothers and sisters, as Jesus himself made himself vulnerable, it is okay if you feel vulnerable. But know that Jesus will never let you down. That Jesus will never abandon you. And because he walked on this earth... And was exposed to temptation and to suffering as you and I are. He is able to sympathize with us. And he is able, able to carry you through all of that. This is the word of the Lord. And I pray that it will be of encouragement and of strength for you. Today, in the days ahead this week. Until we meet again next Sabbath. And going through all the way to Jesus comes. This is my prayer for you and for all of you who can hear me now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.